0: Welcome to Creating Wealth Through Passive Apartment Investing Podcast. In this show, we will discuss about best and worst experiences about passive and active apartment investing and I am your host, Ramakrishna. Let's begin the show. Today's our guest is Eric Hemingway from Nomad Capital. Welcome Eric.
1: Hey, thank you for
0: having me. Sure, thank you. Thank you very much, Eric. Uh, A little bit about Eric. Eric Hemingway has an amazing story of what's possible using the power of real estate investing. In 2008, Eric transitioned from a home builder to owning a self-storage facility that gave him the opportunity to go live in Costa Rica for over a year. And then transitioning to living on a sailboat in the Mediterranean for three years with his wife and six kids. So with that, Eric, you want to add anything to your background?
1: Yeah. So we started in Arizona and uh, as you mentioned, traveled abroad for uh, a total of almost five years and then um, wound up in Wilmington, North Carolina within about uh, 2013. So we've been here ever since nine years. And um, here we are
0: on the coast. Awesome. Uh, share me about your home builder experience. Uh,
1: yeah. So I got into construction in, in 1995. Um just as a laborer, you know, general cleaning up job sites, that kind of thing worked into superintending and project managing, um, and then went on my own, got my own contractor's license in 2001 and been building ever since.
0: Got it. So yeah, share me your story, like why you switch to self-storage.
1: So yeah, we were, we were building spec homes and custom homes in Arizona in the uh, early 2000s and just quickly realized that, um, you know, it was just really in a way trading my time for, for money. You know, the, 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 pay was great, but as soon as you stop building, then you stop making money. Right. So, um, started looking at commercial real estate and was intrigued by self storage. And so we found a piece of property in 2005 that we uh, bought and, and built storage on in 2006 and uh, still own it today so we once we got back to North Carolina after the travels um, storage was still making sense and so we got back into the into the asset class in 2015 and um, yeah and been at it ever since then.
0: Great. How self storage helped you to be in financial freedom?
1: Um, so we have a great manager in place at the at the facility in Arizona and um, she's been there for 16 years altogether just uh, just about since we opened and um, just a Fantastic person. She's got a great grasp of of storage, and um, so it doesn't doesn't take a lot of time for me per month checking in with her. She manages the books, move ins, move outs, um, you know, all the day to day operations, and we still make a trip about once a year out to Arizona to check on things. But as far as you know, active uh, investing, it's 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 not very active. <laughs> You know, it's a lot of passive uh, passive income.
0: Got it. And what is your business model on self-storages?
1: So what we're, what we're focusing on right now is the Southeast, primarily North and South Carolina, Tennessee, Georgia, and Virginia. And what we found is a good mix for us is combining our construction experience. When I say us, it's me and my son that uh, own and run Nomad Capital. And uh, we, we love to find conversions where we can find, um, you know, old buildings that have been empty or, you know, you can get per- per- fairly inexpensively and convert it to indoor climate controlled self-storage. So that's kind of our main focus on these uh on these states and that seems to make sense. We can go into markets that, you know, don't maybe are undersupplied and we can find a building that we can convert. And that's our, that's our model. That's a perfect blend for us for construction side, self storage side. And we do in-house management as well. So we're vertically integrated across all three, you know, we find it, we build it and we manage it. And, uh, that seems to be working great for us and for our investors. And, um, so yeah, we're, we're working on a Kmart, uh, used to be a Kmart building right now and getting ready to close another Kmart building and, um, possibly a grocery store as well
0: cool so how this uh, how long it will take to conversion like you know from you know Kmart or anything
1: yeah yeah so right because the shell is already there um you know the it's block walls and the roof is um, might need repairs but uh, the sprinklers are there the parking is there so uh, it's a fairly fairly quick turnover maybe seven eight months to convert it from just a vacant building into renting units. And so that's a lot faster. We've done development and that just takes a long time, you know, architect and engineering and permitting and all those types of things. And uh, we like the conversions because it's just a lot faster and it's, and it's something that, you know, most folks overlook because they don't have the building side of things. And that's really a big advantage for us.
0: Got it. And how lending works for these conversion related projects.
1: So um, I think for most investors, it's it's probably tricky, but when, since we have a building background, we are able to go to uh, local banks or community banks and finance the acquisition of the building and then construction costs as well. And then, um, yeah, so we roll it all together and then
0: away we go. Got it. So any challenging experiences or best practices with this conversion related project?
1: Um, I mean, they're always, they're always challenging, right?
0: <laughs> so yep. there's
1: always a, a new surprise, but that's, I think, one of the things that, that gives us, uh, um, an advantage is we're able to think creatively and kind of overcome issues that come up. Sometimes it's a zoning issue. We try to solve those before we close the property. Sometimes it's, you know, we run into, right now we're running into construction uh, difficulties with material costs going up and, getting being difficult to find subcontractors and that kind of thing but overall it's uh it's been working pretty well
0: correct so right now we have we are facing this kind of labor challenges material challenge so how exactly are mitigating those challenges
1: it's just a case-by-case basis usually we uh you know for for the uh, construction costs as far as materials we're trying to get ahead of it order order early and um yeah so getting things ordered early on so we don't have to uh have delays in construction and then uh you know, zoning issues or anything like that we try to have a thorough due diligence list you know we have a uh, 100 point due diligence list that we work through on every property checking out zoning and checking out uh environmentals and uh all all those different things that uh flood control all those types of things that can come up and uh really our team is fantastic in trying to get ahead of that so we at least know what the surprises are not that it makes the deal uh unworkable but that we at least know what we're up against
0: yeah got it Uh, and you mentioned your 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 group is vertically integrated so how exactly that is helping you to be successful in executing your plans
1: um, yeah. So I think it's a huge advantage for investors because I think the typical model is, especially doing what we're doing is, is an investment group would, would identify a property and then have to hire a general contractor and all the headaches to go along with that. And then have to hire third party management and everything that goes along with that. It's very expensive. And I think it just gives us a great advantage to be able to, uh, to go in and do those kind of projects, you know, easier for us.
0: Got it. So what, what is your team size right now? Eric? Um, we have about eight people that are uh, working
1: with Nomad capital. Um, we have folks that are, you know, investor relations, capital raising, uh, due diligence, underwriting, uh, of course, financial side, CFO. Um, and then my son and I are working along with that. And we have a project manager that's working in the
0: uh, in the field. And you mentioned you're raising capital also, right? Uh, share me about that, that process.
1: Yeah, that's a new process for us. We've done everything we've done up until this point. Uh, about the past year, we just shifted to raising outside capital. But up until now, we've just kind of bootstrapped our way and, um, you know, taken equity out of one project and put it into the next one and just quickly realized, you know, if we're going to scale, then we need to, um, in- invite investors to come in alongside of us and we can offer them a fantastic return and it's passive for them. So they don't have to do all the hard work. And, um, it's been, the response has been great. We've raised, uh, almost four million in, uh, in the past six months for the, for the projects we have on the books and ones coming up. So it's, it's going really well.
0: So. Uh, and what is your exit plan on the self storage units?
1: So for the for the first two deals that we syndicated, um, we're doing a five year hold. So we're converting the property, getting it stabilized, um, and our target is you know eighteen to twenty months uh, to stabilize, and then probably year three we'll refinance, and then uh, or possibly sell the asset um, somewhere between year three, year five, whenever the market conditions make sense, um, and then the investors you know of course get the get the return of their capital and then the uh, profits as well. So um, our target is is two uh, x. Or doubling the investors investment over that period and then we handle all of the management um, and we have an online platform for investors to be able to log in check their investment uh, we communicate with investors monthly through an email uh, and then they get paid quarterly on distributions as the uh, as the property stabilizes and you know they get a part of the cash flows as well
0: at it. And how about lending terms or how exactly that is working?
1: So, yeah, so each, each one is a challenge. Um, we, we've worked with several local banks on projects. Um, we're we're still finding great rates and great terms with local banks. Um, we're getting financing for eighty percent loan to cost, um, twenty five year amortization. You know, in the below four uh, percent is the last couple of deals that we've done, and uh, and usually though we can work in uh, two years of interest only, so we can get the property built out and then stabilized before the principal and interest payments kick in. Got it.
0: Yeah, thank you. So, and share me any best experience so far.
1: Um, I think it's the the experience of, of going to this model has been really eye opening for, for my son Levi and I. Just the fact that, um, you know, we're used to doing everything ourselves and, and wearing all the hats and we, we're building a team. Um, we need to add more people to our team, but we're, we're building the team. So it's just been really, uh, fantastic to take a load off, of, off of our shoulders and try to, you know, share that with other people. So that I think the whole process of syndication has probably been one of the best, uh, best decisions we've made.
0: Awesome. And would you also share any of your challenging experiences so far?
1: Yeah, sure. Yeah. So we're, we're actually in the end of of the challenging period right now with uh, a property that we're doing in Greensboro, North Carolina. It is not with investors. It's with our own, our own money and our own project. And, uh, you know, we started the project right before COVID getting the permits was incredibly long. It should have taken, you know, three months to get the permit. It took about nine months and all while we were waiting for the permit, you know, steel prices were going up and, uh, um, delays on roofing materials and all that kind of stuff. So it was pretty discouraging for about a year there, but we've got through all of that and we're close to the end now. We're going to be open and renting units in June, uh, so a couple months away. So we're really excited for that, but it was a great um, you know, trial for us to learn how to adapt and really problem solve some of these hurdles that everybody's dealing with in construction right now and um so it, it gives us a lot of confidence going forward that we know that we can handle difficult situations and even though we didn't have investors on this one it was nice to be able to learn those lessons with our money and so now we feel very confident you know taking investors money and knowing we can perform knowing we can handle um you know adversity as it comes along
0: yeah got it so how do you see a uh, self-storage space in the next few years
1: I think it's going to continue to stay strong over the next three years, at least, just because there's still a huge shortage of housing. And it seems like, while even though interest rates are starting to creep up, there still hasn't slowed down the demand for housing. Multifamily, as you know very well, single family residents, there are still in super high demand in North Carolina, especially, you know, Wilmington. I know that market. It's just really, really hard to get a house. So. I think you're going to, we're going to see people still moving around, trying to get into a place, uh, working from home, working remotely, all of those situations really push towards storage because, um, if you're working from home, you're going to convert a third bedroom maybe or a second bedroom into a home office. So you put the furniture in storage. I think there's just going to still be a lot of transition over the next few years. And that's all, that all helps, helps self storage. So we, we feel pretty optimistic about it. Beyond that is anyone's guess, you know, nobody has a crystal ball. So we don't know what it's going to be like five or 10 years down the road but for the immediate future it looks like it's going to be really strong and we're uh we're still in the you know looking to acquire more more properties and um we have a pretty full pipeline right now so we we'll hopefully just keep
0: on pushing forward awesome any unadvice that impacted you eric just just
1: not giving up you know we are uh pretty relentless we we don't take no for an answer it's usually a matter of figuring things out and and it's a you know some in, in a lot of cases it's a who not how we need to figure out the right person to help us instead of how are we going to do this because we can only do so much right so we need um to rely on people around us and, and other team members and um so i think that's just that you know if, if we we don't get told no and then just say well i guess that's not going to happen we just try to figure out a way around it and try to think creatively to,
0: to solve it perfect and any, any books that impacted your life and uh,
1: yeah. So a long, long time ago, I read uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. That was probably 20 plus years ago. And it was uh, very impactful. Just thinking about passive real estate more than, um, you know, as a business owner or self-employed or what have you. And the Cashflow Quadrant by uh, Kiyosaki also is fantastic. Uh, we just finished Traction, the book Traction about building a team. And it's perfect for us right now because we're in the middle of building that team. So um really focusing on that book right now. And um, I'd, I'd have to say the other one would be the one thing. Um, it's a book by, I believe it's Gary Keller, yeah. Jay Papasan. Yep. And uh, that's a great book. Uh, really helped us focus because, you know, we can get excited about a lot of things. And and as a builder, um, a lot of projects come your way. You know, people calling about doing multifamily or uh, tenant upfits for commercial space or grocery store or whatever. Um, but once we kind of focused on self-storage and that's our one thing, then um, that, that really has helped us to be laser focused.
0: Cool. And how are you giving back to community, Eric? Uh,
1: so my wife started a nonprofit uh, a few years ago, and it is a theater group for uh, school kids. Uh, school age kids, homeschooled, and um, so she, you know, she, I help her with that. I'm on the board of her uh, nonprofit organization, and so she puts on production several times a year, and we, uh, you know, that's a big part of how we give back to the
0: community. Cool, and how can listeners can connect with you? Uh, the best way is
1: probably email. So my email address is eric, erik, at nomadcapital.us. Um, or they can reach out just straight through the website nomadcapital.us. And, um, yeah, love to connect with people. You can see links to our projects current projects and upcoming projects on there as well. And um, we have an investor portal there. We use Invest Next. uh, So somebody could build a profile there and they'd get notified when we have a new uh, offering coming down. And um, yeah, I'd love to to chat with anybody. If anybody's curious about self-storage, I I love it. I think it's a great asset class. Happy to talk about it. Um, So please reach out with the email and then uh, let's connect.
0: Awesome. And thank you, Eric. Uh, really enjoyed the conversation. Thanks for bringing Self Storage you know, experience to the show.
1: Absolutely. Thanks, Rama. I really appreciate you having me on. And uh, if I can help in any way, please let me know.
0: Sure. If you like the show, please subscribe, share, rate, and review. And if you want to connect with me, please send me a message, info at ushacapital.com. Thank you for listening. Creating Wealth Through Passive Apartment investing podcast. I hope you learned something from the show. See you in the next episode. Thank you. Any information provided from these shows are educational purpose only. As always, please consult with your own CPA, legal and financial advisor before investing.